1: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap here for the Fightful.com podcast, December 11th edition. We're talking UFC 206, a little bit of UFC Albany, what there is to actually talk about on the show. But I'm joined by Showdown Joe, you know, another member of that pro series I keep touting. Shane Helms, we had a show Friday. He got some new equipment, so those uh, technical upgrades are happening. Matt Riddle on Thursday, uh, that was a controversial show. That, that caused quite a stir. But Showdown Joe was actually at UFC 206 last night. And Joe, how stupid do all those people that said they were boycotting the show look right about now?
2: Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. You get that with every UFC event, though. It doesn't matter what event it usually is. There's always going to be fans that say it sucks, it's garbage, blah, blah. And, you know, and I I think everyone knows I don't like disagreeing with Dana White all the time. But he's he said it from day one. I remember when Rashad Evans and, and um, chuck Go Silva, uh, were, were the main event at one time, and people were ripping that card apart, and it was fantastic. It's so disrespectful to the fighters. Uh, you tell me what Cup Swanson and Duho Choi feel like right now. Uh, you know, you look at Lando Venata, you look at all these different fighters on that card, uh, that Matt Brown and Donald Cerrone fight. I mean, how do they feel? There were people that were le- actually leaving the main event. Uh, last night, and oh. I just—it was just, Fools. It was appalling. But it is what it is. It's you know, some MMA fans—they're—they're they're not true fight fans. They're not—they don't really understand uh, the nuances and the intricacies uh, of what makes up a real fight. And anything can happen at any time. So uh, to say that that was one of uh, the best events I've ever been to—obviously, uh, I think it was my first as a fan ever. But uh, yeah, it was—it was fantastic. I it was—it was unbelievable.
1: UFC back to Toronto and. Boy, they brought the heat with this show. Uh, Well, let's start off talking about our boy, Lando Venata, who we have been putting over big since that Tony Ferguson fight. Well, you knew he was getting $50,000, a spinning wheel kick knockout walk-off. That was unbelievable. So in, in the same night, you get a knockout of the year contender. You get a round of the year contender, a fight of the night contender. Man. Uh, that's hey, that's a good step in in uh, building Canadian MMA back to where it once was.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, that that that, that so this this guy is just a nice little diffusion into this division. He is absolutely fantastic. Um, a little awkward last night to be honest with you it just seemed really really weird but uh yeah that that spinning wheel kick was fantastic especially because mcdessey was actually moving to the right uh it, it was set up perfectly by landon because if you're going to throw that kick you do want your opponent moving into the kick and he did that because he was throwing the right hand uh and you know mcdessey who's probably seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wheel kicks in his career in his life in training and whatever it just went the wrong way at the wrong time and that that heel just connected beautifully. So other than that, love and land of banana, man. He's he's just this nude fusion and you know, since he came out on, onto the scene and fought Tony Ferguson, you know, this is this is fantastic stuff. We need people like this every so often.
1: So he hung with the number two guy in the world at or technically number three if you count the champion. But really the number two ranked guy in the world in his first fight came through and just blasted Mcdessey, who is you know, you're not going to see mcdessey put away by a spinning wheel kick from many people. I'll tell you that much. That's supremely impressive. Um, also on the show, Vivian Pereira defeated Valerie Laterno. Now I know your Laterno is your girl, but uh, Miss Weight looked looked really, really rough physically when she was trying to make that weight. Um, this is, that's that's if there's a case for a 125 division. There's a lot of people making it physically. Uh, surprised to see Pereira pick up the win. I didn't think that she won that fight. Um, but also, Rustam Kabilov, who missed weight, pretty much dominated Jason uh, Sago. What's your take on, on the, the missing of weight on this show, having three people, including Pettis? Yeah, it's... it's
2: some, some, Okay, so the, I, I completely agree with your laterno assessment. That, that 125 division... Has to happen because it was. I mean, the people that were messaging me after that fight, Sean, were like, "She's done. She's got to leave. She's got to quit." It's this. We've seen the last of her, and I was like, "Not necessarily. Not necessarily." Something else is is going on here, especially with this weight cut. It's it's a bit of an issue. Um, I I told you about Pettis a long time ago. I've never really understood him going to one hundred forty five pounds. Um, you know I, I know he was having problems getting to one not major problems, but you know there was a challenge in him getting to 155 and I never understood why he would want to go to 145 Hobby makes no sense he, he, he's a pro uh, in my opinion he's a consummate pro so I don't know what happened there and, and, and anything but I'm not making excuses for him because uh, there is no excuse when you're you make that weight you make that weight and or you try and make an agreement with your opponent and then again your opponent can be a, a, a smart ass and say no you' make the weight I'm making it, you're making it. You're suffering or I'm suffering, you're suffering. So uh but your your assessment of, of Laterno I think is hundred percent bang on. Another case where you know that one hundred twenty five pound division can can easily be made and get some good uh blood in there. I I am I'm not sure why they haven't done it just yet. I mean, you did a fantastic job going through the one hundred forty five pound weight class and realizing that realistically that, that depth isn't really there uh for someone like you know Still can't make the weight in eight to ten weeks, but another story altogether. Um, Yeah, yeah. but that 125 pound class—I'm sure if we if if we actually dissected it and looked at it, you could probably make the argument. There's there could be some good, you know, talent in that
1: division with girls moving up, girls moving down, perhaps. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I don't know if it'll dilute it as much. See, I think the 145—it'll be more guest appearances than regular fighters at 145 than anything because. I mean, and and like I said, (laughs) like like I said the other the other day, Ronda Rousey's walking around at about one thirty five. Have you seen her in some of these promos? I've never seen her walk around that thin before. So I don't want to see her in Cyborg anymore. I'm over that. I saw the promo, but I I don't like uh, I don't like putting too much stock in them. But you are right; she looks absolutely fantastic right now. Yeah, I don't want to watch a woman who's walking around at about one thirty five, who Dana White says has to keep on weight fight a woman who says that she can't make 145 in eight weeks, eight to 10 weeks. I don't want that. Right. Like you, I mean, either way, you, you take a look at, at,
2: go ahead, is, is an absolute monster. If she can get to 145 pounds, which she does, but you're absolutely a hundred percent correct. I mean, if, if Rhonda, you know, if, if what data said on unfiltered is absolutely <laughs> correct and she has to Um, if she has to fight to put on weight to be 135 pounds, that is a scary, scary situation. And and it could be another one of those things, Sean, that you and I have talked about this fight has never taken place. That could be something right there for even Rhonda to say, I don't want to fight her, man. She's, she's like, if, if good, but she's got 20 pounds on me, 30 pounds on me. I don't want to fight her.
1: 35 pounds. Right? Oh, I hate to say I told you guys so, but I told you so about Nikita Krylov. Oh, my gosh. Guy ain't that, good. Guy ain't that good, and Misha Serkanov is. Submission win. Uh, on any other show, Serkanov would have gotten a bonus. Uh, Abin Mercier would have got a bonus. Uh, Kelvin Gaslin would have got a bonus. Donald Cerrone would have got a bonus. Not this show. Not this show, no. but Misha Serkanov, this is a yeah. big win. I imagine he'll launch himself into the top 10 in the, the UFC light heavyweight division. That's good news for the light heavyweight division moving forward. Not the other people in it, but the state of the UFC's light heavyweight division. You've been saying this division needs
2: blood. This division needs new blood in that top 10. And I think uh, I, I just I don't want to talk to you on Wednesday if these rankings come out and, the, and Misha's not in the top 10. Uh, I mean, you and yeah. I might have
1: to go on a road trip and, and uh, the, the thing team is team like people like the rankings are bullshit because of the people who vote on them and nothing against the journalists who do but when people were the with when people would still literally have bigfoot silva in there if he hadn't been fired it makes you a joke to me it makes your opinion a joke to me and the thing is these are used as a promotional tool so i mean just I, I don't know i don't know a way to remedy this but Misha Surkinov is 13 now. He should be at least 10. Krylov will probably fall out of the top 10. But the thing is, there there is some credence put into win and loss, wins and losses. There isn't enough credence put into how they physically look in the cage, like aptitude. That's my issue.
2: Yeah, Misha's got to be in there. No ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, if, if anyone on that rankings panel doesn't have him in the top 10, they're, what are you doing? like, you don't belong on there. <clears throat> don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, I was on that panel for the longest time. I chose to, uh, a lot of it was because I, I disagreed with, with some of the stuff that came out afterwards and we voted on at the same time. I just didn't, you know, rankings to me are so subjective that you can make an argument for certain things, certain ones you can, like the Antonio Bigfoot Silva, like it's, it, it doesn't belong in there. And that said, he he lost too many fights and you know, it sucked. He wasn't able to go on TRT again, but, um you, you got some people and i i i would talk to so many of these media members at ufc events and i would talk mixed like mixed martial arts with them like that's what we do and they can tell you an arm bar from a kimura from an americana uh from you know from a knee bar to a leg lock to an ankle lock or to, they just and i was like oh my god how are you voting just because you yeah. have you're, you're, you're part of a publication that gets major numbers there should be guys that understand the sport know the sport uh not just from from wins losses perspective
1: but a lot more uh needs to be an aptitude test to qualify yeah i think yeah right like uh also getting a jump dustin ortiz will get a jump after his split decision went over zach makovsky because makovsky top 10 guy dustin ortiz on the fringe uh emma weber meek defeated Jordan Meehan. Uh, We'll skip past that one for now. Kelvin Gastelum defeated Tim Kennedy. Now, Tim Kennedy started off out wrestling. Kelvin Gastelum looked really good. As it turns out, Tim Kennedy, ring rust is real, and his striking was duty. Boy, was it duty. And uh, Kelvin Gastelum figured that out about halfway through the fight, really made him pay. Then after the fight, he said he wants to go back to 170. No, But, but to his credit, To his credit, after the show ended, he said, listen, I'll fight Vitor Belfort in March in Brazil. I'll do that. Hey, yeah, that's a fight I want to see. Kelvin Gastelum and Vitor Belfort at 185 pounds in Brazil. Sign me up for that. Cool. Maybe you can build some goodwill by continuing to fight at middleweight. What do you think, Joe?
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I... That that whole conversation that he – or the that, that whole post-fight interview when he did say that he wants to go back to 170, I was like, what are you doing, dude? Just enjoy this. You know, you took out a guy. You took out a pretty tough guy. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, because from from where I was sitting uh, and the way we were looking at the big screen above, uh, you know, we, we call it center ice here. Uh, but in the middle of the arena above the octagon, it was hard to see. And I was looking over to my left and right at the other um, uh, video screens just trying to get a, a better look at Tim Kennedy. Uh, you saw did he look bigger than normal because if he did I'm wondering if that body was just trying to suck up a lot of oxygen
1: and that caught that ring rust really really got to him like you said well I mean Kelvin Gasolum should be a 170 pounder but he's not like he's just there which that's another weird thing uh, like so he's he's a smaller middleweight it's it's weird to me that Joe Rogan and I'm a, I'm a fan of Joe Rogan will trash the idea of weight cutting, but still champion the idea that Kelvin Gastelum should be a 170 pounder. He should just eat less. I don't like that. I think it was just the the general size difference. But uh, Kennedy did look a little bit bigger. Sure. Yeah, because we, we were talking about it
2: as soon as he you know got got into the octagon before the buffer intros, I looked over at my buddy. I'm like, this guy looks way too quote unquote muscular right now uh, than from what I remember. I know he's always been a rip guy, big guy, but that just seems like you're going to get tired and you're going to get tired real quick because uh, Gaslam's not going to sit there and allow you to bully him. He's going to push the pace and that's going to catch up to you late in the first round or sometime in the second round. So I just want to see what your perspective was because he looked a bit more, quote unquote, muscular than normal. And that was just, that's going to, you're going to suck
1: up a lot of oxygen in that one. Cub Swanson, Duho Choi. On paper, this fight looked like it was going to be phenomenal. <laughs> it played out about 20 times better in reality, than it could have on paper. Duho Choi, I don't think, can be knocked out at this point. Cub Swanson, and here's the thing. Cub Swanson was probably praying for Anthony Pettis to win that main event because if Cub Swanson, he could have very well got that title shot if Anthony Pettis won. It would have been very, very, very possible because your other options are Frank Yeager, who just lost to Jose Aldo, Ricardo Lamas, who has fairly recently lost to Aldo, Pettis, who can't make the weight. Stevens, who just lost. Oliveira ain't getting it. So he's probably hoping that that was the case. Duho Choi's stock increased in a loss. Uh, You had fans chanting his name. He is uh, 25 years old. And somebody tweeted, The Korean Superboy became the Korean Superman tonight. Joe, your thoughts on seeing this fantastic fight live? A kid. A kid is absolutely
2: unreal coming on. It's a totally different feeling when you're there live and you just see him with the... the ...teams. Um, And then the performance, man. That performance, like... Buddy was leading order. This guy can't. This kid won't go out. He cannot get knocked out. This kid's got something. He's got literally like something in his chin. And there's nothing that Swanson has. He, Swanson doesn't have kryptonite. I'm like, well, whatever he had was pretty damn good. But it just wasn't. I mean, it was. I, I've seen amazing fights in my career. Um, I, I may have to go back and watch Gilbert Melendez uh, and Diego Sanchez because I think that was the most unreal fight I've ever seen in my life. But this one here. Uh, may have topped it because it was, I, I it was so insane. And then, of course, you have all those people in the arena that are adding into that buzz. Uh, I'm sure it translated well on television, John. I'm, I'm sure it did, but mm-hmm. in the arena, it was it was, oh God, electric is such a cheesy word. How many times have we heard that word? It was so hard to explain. Your veins are popping. You're just like, what are we watching? Like a moment in time. That is so epic that it's 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 like you're waiting for it to explode and then it explodes, and you're like, "Oh my God, this is insane There's no way anyone could top this uh, ever again, but some way somehow, two fighters eventually get into the cage and they do it. I thought Melendez and Sanchez would never ever, ever be topped again uh for me watching it live in person and my...
1: it's it's it was really something special that fight like my, my wife got home and started to watch the show with me, and she was screaming throughout the fight. like She couldn't <laughs> believe it. She was on the edge of her seat. These two guys, and Cub Swanson wants no parts of a rematch. He's like, I didn't get a rematch for my losses. I don't want to give him one either. Hell no. But um, I'm over the moon about this fight, and of course we're going to talk more about this Wednesday. We're on a super, super time crunch right now, but uh, what an incredible fight if you all – This is a a show, you'll rarely hear me say this. It's worth ordering a replay for. This show is that good, especially these last three fights. Uh, Donald Cerrone, Matt Brown. Matt Brown gave Donald Cerrone all he could handle. Now, a few things. Donald Cerrone's cardio looked like a guy who had been attending board meetings and filming a TV show for the last three weeks instead of training for a fight. Uh, But that could be because he fought off of his back foot instead of his front foot. I've never really seen him fight off of his back foot. And he was doing that against Matt Brown. Maybe because Matt Brown is aggressive and he knows he can counter him. Also, I do not hate to say that I told you guys so, but I told you so. Donald Cerrone, knockout power, body, legs, head. He went to the body, just like we talked about, Joe, to open up the head. Third round, knocked out Matt Brown. Boy, we looked smart but not as smart as you looked in, in a fight we will talk about briefly uh, in a moment. <laughs> but uh, Donald Cerrone, four and in the, in the UFC, a welterweight, he's clearing almost seven figures just from disclosed pay from the UFC this year. That doesn't even include his additional sponsors. Uh, Donald Cerrone's doing good. Meanwhile, Matt Brown lost five of six fights. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think the UFC would dare cut him. Uh, because he, he could reel off four straight wins just like that. Joe, your assessment of the fight? Um, I, I was expecting... I think you're right about
2: the assessment of, of Donald's style. It looked a little different. Um, I was expecting a lot more setups for the body kick. Uh, I was expecting a lot, a lot more movement to to his right. Uh, and then as soon as uh, Brown would come back, he would then launch the left body kick or at least set it up with a combination. But I'm not going to complain uh, about a Cerrone-Brown fight anytime. time. What I found odd was... Sorry, not find what the, what I found obvious, sorry, not odd, was uh, when I was talking to some of the other fans and executives that were around me. Or Donald Cerrone, that's how you beat him, right? Unless you're Anthony Pettis, you're extremely technical with your striking. But if you bully Donald Cerrone, you get hit, or Donald, Berone, Donald Cerrone. Donald <laughs> <What laughs> Cerrone. Could you imagine? You, if you, if you could bully him, push him back, uh, and get him more. Into a counterfighting style, but you beat the counterfighting style, you're going to beat him. Uh, and I think that's what Matt Brown's game plan was bully him back. Don't allow him to take off. Uh, don't allow him in space to really get in there, uh, but be cognizant of where you are when you're too close to him when he's launching a fight strikes, whether it's a jab or a cross, he extends them very, very. Good. There aren't many guys in mixed martial arts that can extend the way he extends, especially with those long arms. But... Then he just, he always figures out a way. And he's that guy who's going to go out on his shield, no matter what. I'm either going to get knocked out or you're getting knocked out. And, you know, it, it was <clears throat> Matt Brown, but the head kick knockout walk off was fitting for that fight. Because one of those two was going to do it. And, and the way Donald Cerrone did it, you could tell he just was exhausted. And he's like, okay, there it is. I did it. I'm out of here. Like, holy smokes. I came here. I got paid. I'm going home.
1: Good point, yeah. We had the main event. Max Holloway is a UFC champion, Joe. I'm on board with it. Uh, he dominated Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis didn't belong here. Anthony Pettis tried to say that he broke his hand, first punch of the fight. Looked more like he broke it in the second round because he went and told his corner that. Not only that, Joe, he he might as well have put a giant flag saying, I broke my foot on a stick and waved it at Max Holloway's face because he opened up the third round with three straight leg kicks in about Six, seven seconds. That is, hey, guys, broke my, broke my hand. Uh, Max Holloway then proceeded to box the living piss out of Anthony Pettis, finished him. Awesome combination, worked the body. Then Holloway started cutting great promos. He showed, yeah. up, showed up to the post-fight presser in a, I looked it up, Joe, a $1,800 hex tie made of gold. that you can only order by invite. So apparently he was invited to order this tie. He sure as hell did it. He said – and he was like – he said something at the post-fight presser. He's like, I better not pass up my family's Christmas, my kid's birthday, for Jose Aldo to not show up to this fight. And then he said, let's start hashtag where's Jose Waldo. That was good. Yeah. I mean (laughs) – You're right. How many times have you and I talked
2: about it? Make some noise. Make some noise because now look what's happening. You and I are talking about it. You can't tell me every other website out there isn't talking about it. You can't tell me hashtag where's Jose Waldo or hashtag Jose Waldo isn't trending somewhere or some way somehow. People aren't picking it up. And it makes Aldo look bad. And Aldo's going to do one of two things. Respond thing like he always does and just like yeah yeah yeah, max holloway blah blah and this this and that so by max holloway he gets some gold wrapped around his waist obviously some gold wrapped around his neck uh odd but um yeah i think what he did was absolutely fantastic you have to make noise no matter what it's not about just the belt uh you continue to make noise and he just and he walked away from rogan like i mean dude you're the man you are the absolute man you just said what you had to say you were ready for it and he walks out of the octagon. That's, that's fantastic
1: stuff in my opinion. Challenge Jose Aldo to a fight in Brooklyn in February. Hey, that's a hell of a main event. There's no UFC pay-per-view in January. So they push it back to February to kind of, because, I mean, they really loaded up this summer and fall. They really did. There's a lot of guys waiting. Uh, that was the right move. Uh, one of our mods, 777, said uh, he's got something special. If the UFC marketing machine. Gets behind him. He can be like a Diaz. I agree with that he really doesn't give a shit. Also, she said 18,000 in attendance some boycott. Who said who said? Uh, one of our moderators uh, 777 said that. <laughs> That's
2: amazing. Yeah, no, that place that place was electric, man. It was loud. Uh it was it was, you know, fantastic. And I'm not going to lie to you. Uh not many people everyone tuning in right now. Some of you are maybe the vast majority. of You know, uh, Sean knows the most. I literally drove that one of my friends not really knowing if I was going to get into that arena. Uh, lo and behold, it actually happened. And then when I walked in there, I started getting stopped by uh, some pretty big, powerful people in and outside of mixed martial arts uh, and the bubble. And, you know, I ended up missing fights. I mean, I, I missed the actual uh, Vanada and uh, <laughs> uh, McDessie fight, Sean, all over me on text i'm like what are you having to do i'm stuck in this you know first real problems. i'm stuck in this platinum booze suite here they're giving me food and this and that they're trying to feed us booze i'm trying to get to my seat and but i want to make sure my friend's having a good time he's like you gotta watch this fight so first yes. thing i did this sorry second thing i did this morning one because i'm on four and a half hours sleep land of an john mcdesi fight number two i saw it and now i know why sean was all over me on text
1: ladies and gentlemen but it was an absolutely fantastic walk away ko I- now really 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 quickly we will cover ufc albany we will go into more detail on both of these shows this wednesday on the podcast make sure you go register at fightful.com absolutely free no credit card required best in wrestling boxing mma news we got features all week guys i'm talking like some great stuff from brandon howard uh aaron Haydn, myself alex paulowski also the Pro Series, of course, with MMA fighters, wrestlers, writing, podcasting. Uh, Justin Keish, Juliana Lima, Jean Valente, Corey Anderson, uh, all people who should have won did, did win. Um, all rank except for Justin Keish. Justin Keish also championing that 125-pound women's division. The two big ones, Joe. Francis and Ganu, who you said in your Fun Bets article, y'all better be reading that, guys. Because he he told you make this bet make this bet at plus twelve hundred or plus fourteen hundred you'd be rolling in it if you would have put one hundred dollars down on that you'd walked away with twelve or fourteen hundred bucks but the method in which he ripped a double wrist lock tossed Anthony Hamilton to the ground and powered it it looked like a panic tap a fear tap from Anthony Hamilton you know I mean my guys are catch wrestling guys and I rarely see it with that sort of force that's scary, Joe
2: yeah, you're right, you're right uh, call panic tap is, is is pretty much correct, I mean, and I told you when I met this guy for the very first time, courtesy of kamar Usman uh in, in Miami at, at Titan FC, and I'm telling you. He's a gentle giant. He's the nicest guy you're going to meet until he steps into that cage. And that force and that strength is, is something to behold. And, um, you know, we, we saw it coming the way he, he was setting it up from just trying to break the grip or trying to get out of the hole there. And then once he got it, it was like something did not seem very technical. It was it was technically technical, but the power behind it. And to do it to another man who's basically just as big as him, a heavyweight,
1: imagine what he would do to me and you if you got a hold of our arms oh god i don't want to think about it i've got shoulder problems both of them put <laughs> off surgery on them so that, that's that's scary to me the old Derek lewis rope a dope then you throw him to the ground pound him out then you talk about it was bullshit afterwards hey that guy's just, what, that guy's what can you do you got to book Lewis and Ganu now. Well, or you don't. You put them up against some of these established guys. Maybe hope they knock them off. But there's a risk there. Uh, like I said, Joe, really quickly, uh, your assessment on Lewis and Shamil. You're you're bang on.
2: I mean, Lewis is he's a funny guy because in his promos he's this psycho, and then he defeats somebody. He's he's this humble. I suck. My performance is garbage. I'm terrible. Dude, you just destroyed another man. Okay? Like, you're badass. Maybe it wasn't exactly what you wanted, and he's shaking his head. No, no, no. I suck. I'm terrible. Dude, you just want to main event in the UFC. Okay? You're awesome. Just relax. Chill out. Uh, personally, I don't want to see him and Nganu. I like your other uh, argument that you put him against. Uh, I've never been a guy that's been a fan of destroying two guys up and coming in a division that's so uh you know locked with depth right see if they can kind of move them around i know there's a risk uh in who they would fight but um, it's a tough call for the ufc i wonder what they do with both of these guys uh would i like to see the fight of course i'd like to see the fight don't get me wrong but i'd rather not see it put together i'd rather see uh where they standing it's other
1: guys above them uh in the weight classes Guys, visit Fightful.com. If you didn't hang out in our uh, live coverage uh, areas, we have full discussions. You can go to our forums. Uh, Lots of stuff over at Fightful.com. We cover every major MMA, wrestling, boxing event. All kinds of cool stuff. Joe, very quickly before we go, who wins today grappling? Misha Tate, Jessica I, John Jones, Dan Henderson. Uh,
2: I'm going to go with Misha Tate, and I'm going to go with uh, John Jones.
1: As will I. Guys, We are back Monday after Raw for the post-Raw podcast. Joe and I are back Wednesday, Matt Riddle Thursday, Shane Helms Friday, post-Smackdown Tuesday. We got a Fox card again next Saturday. Joe and I will talk all about it on Wednesday. Until next time, guys, we're out.